Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink. Keep the needle moving forward in your journey, in your transformation, no matter if you do drink or you don't drink. The trap of stopping and starting in moderation is really what always keeps you stuck, but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days, and it is all available to you in the Sustainable Sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. It's Mary Wagstaff. No matter how you're feeling today, I hope you're treating yourself with some kindness and compassion. And I can't remember who I heard this from, somewhere on Instagram. You know, you scroll and you hear inspirational things. Um, But the question is, what do you need tending to? Right? So it's like, I hope you're having a great day, which I do hope you're having a great day. But if you're not having a great day, that's okay too. And I think that, you know, that's one of the problems. Like, I'm always going to be having a great day. And if you've been listening for a, a while, you know that I really encourage you to think of your life as a string of experiences that you are getting to have. And your emotional state at any given time is one of those experiences. And it's really our you know, our beliefs about our emotions or even how we've labeled them and how we've been, we've, um, created this conditioned learned behavior to respond to our emotions and the narrative and the story around what it means to be emotional and other people's reactions to our emotions. When really it's an extremely temporary state, we take our emotions way too seriously, right? And they're amazing guides, like your emotions, you cannot separate the human experience from the emotion, which is really what alcohol is kind of trying to do. Um, but it gives it back to you like tenfold, (laughs) but what we haven't learned, and this is going to be, this is what so much of my book is about 
is that emotions are an internal compass for us to be curious and not just see where our needs aren't being met. That's one. Um, but to see, you know, and our needs being safety and security and our basic needs. Um, but then also to see what expectations we have that, that also aren't being met. And do we want to change those expectations and take personal responsibility for them? So for example, if you're in a, you know, a relationship and you have a significant other or a partner, or if you have in the past, um, to have the expectation that that person should just want to be with you and, you know, say, say travel with you and go away with you, you know, anywhere. And they should want to do that. And if they, they don't want to, that that's somehow a reflection of how they feel about you. Right. So I have spent, not like months at a time, but I've spent some extended time away in the winter because it's really important for me and my nervous system um, to kind of be in the sun (laughs) Um, and especially where I've been living to just make sure that I'm around more people um, to connect with the elements of water and an opportunity for me to kind of reset my own narrative when you know, I'm in the way of the day-to-day stuff. Sometimes we, sometimes we do change the circumstance to get a different perspective. Now we don't just change the circumstance because we think we're going to feel better because wherever you go, there you are, right? So I consciously know, because it always takes me time to settle into a new place, I'm changing the circumstance to get a new perspective. And so I can take some of the things off my, my solicited to-do list, but Matthew doesn't want to come with me to Mexico for like a month. He really loves his projects. He likes having all of his things and his tools and his stuff all set up. And so I traveled this year to Mexico by myself. And it was such a profound experience of what happens when we intentionally create space for ourselves to just be, right? Like my intention was, I want to know how do I show up when I'm not making decisions for other people, when I'm not lowering my inhibitions, when I'm not distracting myself with tours and activities and all of these things. So it was very intentional for me to see through the course, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't actually a month this time, but it was, um, it was like just over two weeks. And so I had a full, I had like a half of a cycle where I, um, was kind of at the, like the full moon ovulatory phase of my own personal cycle. And then I had my luteal phase and then I started menstruating while I was there. So I was very, tuned into like charting that, seeing where my emotions were. Um, There was some stuff that actually came up in my relationship with Matthew, being away from my son. Like there was all of these emotions, like guilt that came up, Um, navigating work because I was working while I was there. Just like choosing not, like not having to um, be responsible for other people's like food choices 
sudden, suddenly something that I usually don't think about very much became very, um, <laughs> like very important to me. Like I was like, I wanted to make sure that I had the food that I wanted to have because they have, um, there's a little produce truck that comes through the town every um, couple of days. And I wanted to make sure like I had the food that I wanted. So I, you know, I had the choices that I was making. Um, so anyway, there's, so there's two things. There was like an expectation that I think I've probably had in the past. And I've heard this from other people and I probably have, you know, unexamined expectations of Matthew, but the need that I have wasn't really for Matthew to be with me. The need that I had was something different. So I could change my expectations of him and then go meet that need myself. I didn't have to deny myself what I wanted because I had made this rule or this expectation for myself. So I just want you to think about where this might show up in your relationship with alcohol. Where do you have a need that has created an external expectation. And this very well could be in a relationship, right? Where you are wanting to make a change and maybe the person that you drink with often doesn't. They don't have that same need, right? So there's a couple of things that you can do, which is you can change your expectation of how that person should show up and figure out how to meet your own need, right? Or you can decide and really get curious about the, the energy, the relationships you want to be in. And this is one of the most profound things about changing your relationship to alcohol is at this stage in your life, right? Like you made the decision to drink many, many moons ago and you're a different version of yourself. And this can be quite scary for people, but when you do it through the lens of curiosity, not from the place of expectation of like, oh my God, like these people are living in the past, look at them. And you start shaming other people and judging other people, right? Like I don't judge anyone about their relationship with alcohol because I've been there. I know how challenging it is when you're in the narrative, when you can't see a third option, when you can't see that there's an alternative to moderation or deprivation, right? So, but I still don't need to, you know, put myself and in, in engage with people who are getting intoxicated, right? So I can have sympathy, I can have empathy, I can be have unconditional love f- and still not even like be in relationship to that person. Now that doesn't mean I can't be around people that are drinking because I full well can, but it's not the place I choose to spend my time, right? It's not, it's no longer the frequency of the energy I want to be around. And, you know, this is one of the things that is so supportive during the process of private coaching is because these are the kind of things that you're trying to navigate in your subconscious, right? And this is kind of the before, during, and after where these, there's all of, um, 
these things that kind of come to light and all the stuff that you've been sweeping under the surface, um, whether it has something to do with drinking or not in relationships, in, um, careers, in the way that you're showing up for yourself or your children that now, you know, is the opportunity to also investigate, right? So we don't want to just leave you wide open, um, with like, you know, like the, the wounds, right? We want those wounds to heal and for you to be able to regulate your nervous system and to support yourself in this next phase. Because what the other thing is, if you, you know, and, and I'll just kind of use this example again as a real, um, in terms of a relationship, the other thing that it is, is it is if there's a mutual understanding, there's an opportunity to go deeper, right? Like I do have relationships with people that I used to drink with that I don't drink with. We don't do that together anymore. Right. And, um, it's, it's a really amazing opportunity to go deeper, to go, to be more vulnerable, to establish different connections, but both people have to be in that boat, right? So you can't expect someone want, want, to want to change just because you want to. And then you build the skills and the tools as scary as it can be to make change because it's really our projections about the future. And I want you to take this in. This is for everyone. This is so important to remember at every phase of your life. It is our projections about the future based on our familiar past. This is Joe Dispenza, some version of Joe Dispenza, that we predict our future, right? We think we can predict our future based on our familiar past. And what we do is we sell ourselves short. So when we look to the future based on what we've known and what's comfortable, you see a void, right? If you're ending a relationship or thinking about changing a relationship, you see scarcity, right? And I talked about this on last week's episode, but what we have to do is we have to start from assumed neutrality. You have to get some evidence under your belt, right? Sometimes you can just take the leap. Some people do. Some people are good at that. I'm I'm better at just taking leaps now. Some takes time it takes me a little longer to get there depending on the scenario of, of making change. But sometimes you do just have to rip the band-aid off. And what I truly believe is that it always works out. It always works out, right? Like you always know how to get back to where you were. So what you do in the meantime is you make a list of your resources. What are my resources? Well, I know I could, I mean, even at 42 years old, if I needed to go live with my mother, I could go live with my mother. I have a, I have a lot of family that would take me in at any point if I needed to. I've got a camper. I've got a big ass suburban that I've slept in the back of before. Like I also have a tent. I'm like, if shit ever hit the fan, you guys know this. Like I was just talking to a client and I was like, girl, you know, you and I would be out there picking the berries for everyone. Like we're not going to just like die in the woods and melt away if something happens. Oh, hell no. Right? Like you have the capability of creating and birthing life. Women have been birthing babies in the wilderness, and I always remind people of that, right? So whether or not you have a, wo- a womb, like if you've had a hysterectomy, if you're listening to this and you're a woman, you have had a, this energetic imprint of a womb. If you've ever given birth to a baby, you are a bad ass. And 
Even if you haven't, you have that possibility. You've given birth to so many things. You have mothered so many things in your life. I know you have. And so I just want you to remember that power and that strength inside of you to be self-sufficient. And there's so much more I'd like to share about my trip, but you know, there's like, there's a lot here and I kind of, there's, there's a little bit of a circle here that I'm going to come back to, um, is that when you learn how to use your emotions as a compass to navigate not just your, your own emotional needs, but to really understand where you're giving your power away. There is nothing that you can't do and you become unstoppable, right? Because when you have that expectation of another and then you decide to not do something because they don't want to, now how are you showing up for yourself? What messages that are you sending for your to yourself, right? Because everything is figure outable. And, and even if it takes some fear or confidence or inviting a friend or doing something a little bit different than you had planned on, right? It is still possible. So every time this week you hear yourself with an objection, with a complaint, with a reason why you think you can't, I want you to tell yourself that's just a thought. And if I was in alignment with pick one value, right? The the value that I'm working with right now is abundance. I am embodying abundance. If I was to choose for abundance, how would I choose? If I was to speak as abundance, what would I say? If I was to think as abundance, what would I do? Right? Um, So this could be freedom. This could be sovereignty. This could be personal responsibility, this could be love, unconditional love, compassion, adventure, right? So be, embody the energy of that, even if you're feeling scared or sad, right? How would abundance treat me right now? Abundance would give me a big hug and tell me to go for a, for a walk and that I don't have to decide right now, right? That's what abundance would do. And when you don't do that, you build more evidence in favor of alcohol for why it won't work, right? And for why this is as good as it gets. So when you take personal responsibility to start, and and I just want you to know there's no blame here. No one told you that your emotions were the most powerful portals for pleasure, purpose, and power. No one told you that. And I'm not talking about, you know, we know this isn't a power over. This is about a power of sovereignty so that the work that you do as sacred service in the world is in service of all beings everywhere, including yourself. So this is also about permission to receive, right? How do I want to give to myself so that I can give back? to others so that I can create the impact that I want in the world. And it's so important to learn how to let go, especially as healers, especially as caretakers, especially as teachers, you know, health professionals, like when you manage managers, leaders, like there is an actual skill set that will amplify your ability to do everything you do better when you learn how to release the reins a little bit and receive, right? And this doesn't 
you know, this isn't about just letting go and completely surrendering all control to someone else's discretion. It's not about that at all. It's about softening. It's about opening. It's about what don't I know, right? About letting the earth hold you underneath. And when you, you know, and I'll just say this one last thing about this trip that I took and that was for my birthday this year. Because I wasn't, I saw all of the places, I had no desire to drink, obviously, but I saw all of the places where I would have drank. And I'm always thinking about you, girl. (laughs) You are always on my mind because I want to, A, be an example of what's possible. B, I want to be able to articulate the, the required practices and mindset and develop the five shifts so fluidly that anyone, anyone in the whole world could use this process and it, and they, and it will expedite their results. And I'm doing that through writing the book, but I'm also doing it through observing my own mind, right? Because I'm still in the living, I'm still in the human part of living. Like none of that went away. It's just my ability to watch myself, my ability to live intentionally and to simplify my life. And simplicity doesn't mean like I don't do anything ever. Simplicity means I don't make problems where there are none, right? And of course, that's not all the time, but it's like I get to examine it. I get to ask myself, why is this a problem right now? Why am I making this a problem? I got coached on this today about in, you know, it was like social media engagement. And my coach was just like, why is that a problem? Why haven't you done that? And I was like, I don't know. There's like no, literally no reason. So let's just go and see how this goes. Right? Like we make all of these rules for ourselves and we show up ready to fight. And, and, and yes, this is all conditioned behavior. So I could see all of these places where I would have normally drank when maybe I was bored, maybe when I, um, I was like pretty, like there was a pretty big thing that happened with Matthew and I, and I was like sad. I was like thinking about my future. I was like, you know how that happens. Like you have this fight and you're like, I'm not, like you, you would project your whole future in front of you. Right. And this is what we do with alcohol. It's like never again. And like your whole future flashes in front of you and it feels like doom. And it's like, I had not even like, you know, but through that and of like, everything's fine. I mean, it's relationship stuff, but even through that, I was like, I fucking got this dude. Like, and I'm not lowering my expectations for myself, right? Like people can do what they want. I want to give everyone their own sacred sovereignty, but I'm not lowering my expectations of what I want. And so I didn't do any tours. I didn't, I think I went out to eat like once for my birthday. Um, and I, there was like a couple places I usually like to go. I did do a bunch of yoga. I swam every day. It was so quiet there. I went to acupuncture, but I like didn't really engage that much with anyone. I mean, I saw people every day. I really took the opportunity to just be with myself and to just slow down and to watch my mind and to watch my emotions. And I will say that leaving your day to day in some way is a really beautiful opportunity to do this. So if you ever have the chance to go on 
a retreat or just go away for a couple of days by yourself, I highly, highly recommend it and do it with the intention of not doing anything. And retreats with groups are extremely transformative because they help you meet other people and see new perspectives and put, get you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, usually you're going to be learning something, but if you can do a personal retreat and a lot of places host these where, you know, like the place that I go to, um, where I go take yoga at this location, I don't stay there, but they host like personal retreats. So you go stay in a bungalow, you get yoga every day, they feed you whatever, and you get like healing treatments and stuff. And now I understand that that's not accessible to everyone all the time, but you can plan for it. And there are smaller ways to do that, right? So even in a couple of months from now, can you take yourself and go stay at a little Airbnb or stay at a hip camp somewhere? And there was a place once, and I loved this, um, out in towards Eastern Oregon. And I went and stayed for like two nights in this teepee. And I went hiking at this like kind of crazy place where people do a lot of rock climbing And, you know, it's just like putting myself out there in my comfort zone because I don't want to lose that muscle. And I think as we get older, um, are the things that we kind of complain about on our day to day actually become sources of comfort and grounding, grounding for us. And when we don't have those daily to do's, right? Like there was a lady that came every other day and swept my floor. I mean, I didn't really make much of a mess, um, but she did. And I cooked for myself and all of that, but when we don't have those things, we really have to realize how do we want to define ourselves? Who am I outside of all of these labels, all of this conditioning? And it's this opportunity for you to get to define that for yourself because it's that in-between space of being overwhelmed by all of the obligations and all of the to-dos and all of the labels, and then the objections of why you think you can't that lead you to alcohol to find your solace, to lower those inhibitions, to shut down the thinking, right? So you can have that, that reprieve, that little party of one, but you do have the choice. And I don't want you to ever take that away from yourself. There, you can be resourceful to figure out even if it's taking yourself for a walk every single day or going to sit at a park every single day, how can you do that for yourself? How can you add in some time to just be without a podcast, without distractions? So really learning how to fine tune your emotional compass takes first the opportunity and the availability to do it. And it is the most worthwhile time you will ever give yourself, your inner child, your future self, because without understanding our emotions, we will constantly be siphoning our, trying to siphon our energy from the external and giving our power away. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. As much as I know you would love to, you cannot wish yourself alcohol free. You have to take action to do something different. So what I want you to do is head on over to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, 
where you can download the free training of the five shifts of intuitive drinking, along with a free guide of questions that you can ask yourself every single day when you have an urge, when you have a craving, when you wake up in the morning, you can make it a ritual practice to start to observe yourself in a new way. And it will guide you through the process of learning to tap into your own deeper knowing so that you can develop a new relationship to yourself, which will in turn end your relationship to alcohol. MaryWagstaffCoach.com to register for the free on-demand training right now.